Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Michael Anthony, who's the author of the best-selling book, Think Unbroken, as well as a coach, mentor, educator, and adult survivor of child abuse. He's on a mission to create change in the world and teaches at the Think Unbroken Academy, as well as hosting the podcast, Michael Unbroken. He spends his time helping other survivors to get out of the vortex to become the hero of their own story and take back their lives. With his mother cutting off his finger at the age of four, he's experienced tremendous amounts of trauma. As a child, he grew up in an abusive household which led to drug and alcohol abuse by the age of 12, homelessness and overall lack of stability, and throughout his teenage years, he ran with gangs, used drugs, stole cars, broke into houses, all in the order to survive. As he says, he was leveraging and using his trauma as an excuse to not show up for himself. By the age of 20, he was morbidly obese and a workaholic. There's a whole story behind this. He really dedicated himself to trying to make money to get out of a hole. That led to another negative situation. He learned from that and then worked on himself to the point where he is where he is today. I could ramble on uh, for literally 20 minutes here just talking about everything that this guy has done because there were just so many amazing things in this interview. So I'm just going to let you discover this because he talks in detail about this story. Uh, I just want to say that, you know, if you've got the time, sit there and listen to this because he really does has, have such so many amazing things to, to share. And once again, thanks for making the time to listen to Move Your Mind. And just a reminder that the Move Your Mind book is now available globally. All you have to do is go to nickbrex.com book. And the Move Your Mind community is now live. You can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. Michael, thank you so much for making the time to come on my podcast. I actually came across you uh, about two weeks ago. I heard you on another podcast and literally was hanging off every word. So as you're aware of, obviously, I DM'd you straight after and, you know, sure enough, here we are. So first of all, just so grateful that you're making the time to, to come and talk to me today. Yeah, dude. Oh, man, it's my pleasure, man. Thanks for reaching out. I appreciate it. No, massively appreciate it. And really, you know, I hearing your story and we're, we're, one of the things with Move Your Mind, it's all around sharing stories, vulnerability, trying to interview a range of people that have been in, you know, different industries and their stories and what they've been through. But one thing we haven't gone into, you know, really dive deep into is, is trauma and hearing, you know, your story and what you talk about. It was just, yeah, so relevant for what we're wanting our listeners to be exposed to. And, you know, I'd heard, I'd, I've read and heard your story and, you know, it's so compelling, but for, for our listeners, would you mind, uh, you know, sharing your story and, you know, how you came to where you are now? Yeah, dude, for sure. Um, I'll give you the elevator pitch version here. You know, yeah. so I grew up in Indianapolis. I grew up in the middle of America. Uh, my, my mother was a drug addict and alcoholic. Uh, in fact, she cut off my right index finger when I was only four years old and people always be like, well, how could your mom do that? And, you know, hurt people, hurt people. 
She mm-hmm. she married my stepfather, who was super abusive, kind of dude you pray is never your stepfather. He'd kick the shit out of my brothers and I, man. He put me in the hospital a couple of times, like craziness, right? And uh, I used to lie in bed and, and like pray, God, spirit, universe, send my real dad, come rescue me, come save me. And I learned at a real young age, man, ain't nobody coming to save you. And so, you know, the majority of my childhood, we were deeply homeless and in poverty. I lived with 30 different families between 8 to 12 years old, getting bounced around place to place, church, friends, families, friends of friends, sleeping in vans, like fucking craziness, man. And when I was 12, my grandma adopted me. And you'd think that'd be like this heaven sent, right? But I'm biracial, black and white. And my grandma's an old racist white lady from a town in Tennessee you never heard of. Like we we literally had a copy of Hitler's autobiography, Mein Kampf, in our house, right? Just to kind of give you like substance here. And I got high for the first time when I was 12, drunk at 13. And by 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs. And look, I was just doing what I had to do to survive, man. Like I was breaking into houses, stealing cars, getting shot at, running from the cops, hurting people. Like it was gnarly, man. Like we used to do some crazy shit. And, you know, it was brotherhood. It was connection. It was just feeling like I was a part of something. And I got put into this last chance program. Uh, Luckily, (laughs) I did not graduate high school on time still. And in fact, basically what happened is my senior year, I went to summer school and the summer school teacher, he goes, dude, we're done with you. Get the hell out. Here's your diploma. And I was like, this is really weird because I just told, I'm not going to graduate because of the way I'm acting. And now the way that I'm acting, you're giving me the pass. So I was like, I'm really confused. And, and I'm working this job that summer, putting microchips into motherboards on an assembly line. Like all day, dude, like 12 hours, bing, 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 bing. And like, I'm just watching the desperation in people's eyes all day long where like, I realize like, this is the best it's ever going to get for them. And, and I got fired, um, probably because I was stoned, but I was sitting in my car and I'm like thinking about life. I'm like, man, what is the solution for all this, for poverty, for abuse, for homelessness, And I was like, oh, it's money. It's got to be money, right? Like, what else would it be? It's the one thing we never had that everyone always talked about. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go make $100,000 a year legally by the time that I'm 21. And I just started learning skills. And this was important to me because, like, as of today, my three childhood best friends have been murdered. Like I knew where I was going if my shit didn't change, man. And so I was like, bet. All right, cool. So I started learning skills. I landed a job working for a fast food gig, 52 people under me at 18 years old, learning how to do P and L's and ordering and shrink and loss and hiring and training. And one day I'm on, I'll age myself here a little bit. I'm on MySpace and I'm talking with one of my homies and he's like, yo, I just got a Tahoe. I was like, how did your dumbass just get this brand new truck? This thing's like 30 grand. I'm like, you're this, you went to my high school. You got stoned with me every day. What are you doing? And he's like, dude, I got a job with an insurance company. I was like, what? You can do that? Because look, look, Nick, here's all I knew. I knew homelessness, buy here, pay here. I knew fast food gigs, warehouse gigs. I didn't know you could do that. And I was like, that's how I make a hundred thousand bucks. 
So I started learning skills. And sure enough, as I headed into 21, I landed a job with a Fortune 10 company that everyone in this country knows about. No high school diploma, no college education, started making six figures, and my life became a fucking disaster. And, you know, what happened was I was just consuming everything. It was excess. It was women, drugs, cars, clothes, jewelry. It was shoes. It was suits. It was $500 dinner and $1,000 bar nights and just fucking chaos. And as I was heading into 26 years old, because what I didn't understand, I had never done the work, man. I had not ever put myself in a position to learn. And I was heading into 26. I'm 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep, getting high from the moment I woke up till the moment I went to bed, cheating on my girlfriend, and I was over $40,000 in debt, making six figures, and that's when I put a gun in my mouth, man. I was done. I was like, shit, I thought this money shit was going to solve these problems. And it didn't. And I'm laying in bed the next day. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is happening, man? And I got up. I'm laying in bed. I'm just sitting there. And keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds. I'm smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake, and watching the CrossFit games. (laughs) Dude, I was at rock bottom. Like literally, it, that was the worst moment of my life. And, and I got up and I went and I looked at myself in the, in the mirror in the bathroom. And I remember being eight years old. And the water company had come and turned off our water. But man, they were always turning off the water, the electricity, the heat. We were getting evicted. And for whatever reason, I went in the backyard. I get this little blue bucket. I walk across the street to our neighbor's house. And for the first time, I stole water. And I grew up in America, dog. And I remember being like, when I'm a grown-up, this will not be my life. Mm. And as I looked in the mirror, I realized I was breaking that promise. And I asked myself, and I'll I'll never understand why I did this. It just came to me like, I don't know, God or something, right? I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the answer was no excuses, just results. And what that meant is I was no longer going to negotiate with myself. I was no longer going to be the victim. Dude, I'm the king of being the fucking victim. It was always somebody's fault, man. It was your fault, the community's fault, my family's fault, my teacher's fault, Obama's fault. Like, dude, it was everybody's. It was never Michael's fault. And I want to be clear, I I wasn't taking culpability for abuse, man. That's not what I was doing. I was looking at my actions in the moment and being like, this is on you. Do something about it. And that started a trajectory, which for the next three years were the most difficult years of my life. I was learning, growing, changing, healing, therapy, coaching, education, conferences, events, books, the whole nine. And 11 years later, bro, here I am talking to you. Wow. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with that. It's like, it's, yeah, it's incredibly powerful. And yeah, thank you for sharing that as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. I, it's, and, and there's so many things to touch on, even in just what you talked about there. But uh, I guess that's something we see all the time as well, isn't it? That we're not, you know, we're not taught about how to 
identify, you know, who we are, become more self-aware, learn what what really drives me, what are the things that I want? And we we get taught because of capitalism that, you know, we should strive to make money or do this or do that and grind to get there. And then you get there. And, you know, I've seen it with a lot of people I've known where they'll make a whole lot of money, but they're just as miserable because how's that going to replace the underlying, you know, thing that you haven't addressed. But um yeah, we don't we don't get taught how to do that work on ourselves. So it's 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 um I guess like you're saying, I love that what you were talking about there with we need to stop blaming others and stop looking for an answer. That's what that's the only thing I've learned. And you know, is that is that something that you're, you know, pretty big on through your work, I guess? Is that what you're trying to teach other people as well to learn from those to learn to be accountable personally. Yeah, look, man, and, and you're and you're right. Like Growing up, everybody is told, idolize this idea of creating this life. But the yeah. entire time that you're growing up, it's actually being stripped away from you through school, through your community. Everybody is telling you, man, put your hand down, be quiet, walk on the right side of the hall, go to the bathroom when we say, get in yeah. fucking line, do all this shit, but also go and follow your dreams. It's stupid, man. It doesn't make sense. And so what you find is you're in this weird position where suddenly like I was, you're like, man, I'm doing what everybody told me to do. I got all the money. I'm having all this sex. I got all these cars. I got all this shit, but I'm about to kill myself. So uh, something here ain't working right. And, yeah. and the thing about it is, you know, the, the truth is our identity is stripped from us in youth, right? Think, think about this, man. The human brain serves one purpose, survival. That's it. It wants to assess data to create and differentiate an understanding between danger and safety so that you can navigate the world effectively. And so the entire time that you're growing up, you're bringing in all this stimulus. Your brain is compiling things that's going, all right, cool. This thing is safe, though. That's okay. That thing's dangerous. It's not okay. But the problem with that is, and especially when you're coming from a house that's abusive like mine, dude, the most dangerous thing that I could do was have an opinion was to be myself. The fastest way for me to get my head slammed into the wall was to speak. And so think about this. Your brain is going, shit, it's dangerous to be me. I yeah. better not do that. I better not do that. And the hard part about it is that actually serves you. It keeps you safe for a period when you're 8, 12, 16 years old. And then you're 32, 45, 68 years old. You don't know how to say yes. And you don't know how to say no. Look, man, uh, my opinion, obviously, childhood trauma and abuse, it's not the scars, right? It ain't my mom cutting my finger off. It's not the cuts. It's not the burns. That ain't the shit I carry with me. It was the theft of my identity. And mm. so here I am looking at what does it take to create this life? To, and I'm answering your question, but I wanted to make context is that I had to learn how to be me. That's the thing that childhood trauma survivors have to do is they have to learn how to be themselves. And whereas a lot of people have the safety of the comfort of exploration in childhood to figure that out in a non-violent you know, environment, they are way in advance of where someone is, whereas I was at 26 years old, or many people are who are 30 or 50 or 60. And yep. they've already had the failures of discovery, but they had the safety net to catch them. We didn't because our failures of discovery involved pain, 
physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual pain. And so when we tried to be us, it hurt so bad, we became chameleons. You bend yourself to know that you're safe in an environment. So you say, cool, my favorite band is Nick's favorite band. My favorite food is their favorite food. I'm going to always be you so that I can be safe. And Mm -hmm. then the problem with that is you get to this place where people will hear this conversation like, cool, I want to change my life. But the problem is they don't understand that because of causation and correlation, all of those experiences that happen leading to today have set them up for failure because the brain's number one operation is to keep you safe. And if you're trying to be you and that equals danger, then that means you can never be you because your brain doesn't allow it. And so what happens is you have to literally force yourself through the suffering and discomfort of discovery to become you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's sort of like immersion therapy almost from what you're saying. I mean, I, I guess like for me, my with my own story, I, I, you know, had a lot of trauma from things that I went through and, you know, mental health issues and I was afraid of my own shadow. I couldn't talk in front of people and I tried everything and I just couldn't piece my life together and I was falling apart, relying on alcohol. And it wasn't until I had to, with this course I was doing at university, I had to force myself to go and speak regularly in front of like five people and I'd be literally vomiting before I'd do it. Um, And I had all these voices saying, you know, you're a piece of shit, you can't do this, you're going to, you know, everyone's judging you. And I would still have to do it. And nothing, it was only, that's not the only thing I learned, like what you're saying by doing it over and over and over again, reconditioned that thought process to, oh, it's actually okay. I can do this thing. And you end up, you know, finding the, who you are and what you want to do and, and empowering yourself that you don't have to be at the mercy of these things. But um, yeah, like you're saying, I don't, I, I haven't been able to find other methods. You know, you can't sort of be just waiting for it to get better. Or we always tell ourselves that, you know, Hopefully one day things will just fall into place or whatever it is. But you, you can your gut sort of knows if you if you hide from it. Um, and I guess there's so many levels of it. So so it's yeah, it's just um, something that we just don't get taught to do, which is crazy. You know, we're not educated on it. Yeah, and and the hard part about that too is, and I want to point out something you said. Your gut knows. Yes, it's accurate, but you have to think about the override of your brain telling your gut that it's wrong, because it's like you want to try to do that thing, and your gut mm. is like, "Yes, this is who I am. I want to do it." Like, I'll give you a great example. People are like, "I want to be on stage, and I want to write a book, or I want to start a podcast, or I want to go and do that creative thing," and your brain says, "Nah, you better not. That seems dangerous." Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to judge you. They're going to shame you. They're going to ridicule you. They're going to ostracize you. You're going to be bad. No one's going to like you. It's going to suck. Blah, 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 blah. You know, all the bullshit, right? Yeah. So yes, you're correct. Like your gut is going to be the thing that indicates whether you have success, but you have to learn and understand the truth that your brain is trying to impede that the whole time. And so you have to literally override it. I think about it like this. It's like you're at the threshold. Let's say you have prepared for this moment right? Whatever that moment is, you, mm. you implant that for yourself. You, you packed all your stuff that you need. You, you got in the car, you drove there, you're in the parking lot and there is the building. And there's this massive wave of anxiety that is all over you, right? And that threshold, that doorway to everything that you want only involves you getting out of the car, walking across the parking lot and turning the handle and walking in. 
most people aren't going to walk in the fucking door because their brain has so strongly controlled them that they can't do it until you recognize the truth that you have to, you literally have to, you know, it's, it's funny because when I, when I started cutting my teeth in public speaking, I asked myself, I said, I want to be an incredible public speaker. That was the goal. I was like, I want to speak on the biggest stages. I want to win awards. You know, many of these things, which I have done started with me saying, what is the hardest form of public speaking known to man? (laughs) I was like, Oh, it's probably stand up comedy. Right. And so I said, fuck it. That's what we're doing. The, the key here, Nick, is I think people need to understand that that overriding your brain is about not negotiating with yourself. And in yeah. that moment of truth where you're like, I feel like this is who I am to fully own that shit and walk through that door despite the discomfort and the pain and the assured suffering that will occur. Cause I promise you, you're going to suck the first time and then to continue to do it every single day until you get what you want. And I apply that to everything in life. Like the dreams that you have, the goals that you want, they don't give a shit about your excuses. And, and if you're not willing to walk through fire, which it's true, like you get it, man, it's fucking painful to do some of the shit you want to do in your life when it comes to honoring yourself. If you ain't willing to suffer for it, you're not going to get it. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you, but that's just truth. Oh, one thousand percent. And and the crazy thing is, even if you do take that step and put yourself out there and you decide, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put myself, I'm going to face my fears. I'm going to push out of my comfort zone and I'm going to, you know, be okay with failing and trying these things and pushing. Even while you're doing that, you'll often have all of the people closest to you you know, parents, friends, et cetera, actively trying to tell you not to do it. I mean, for, again, I can only really go on my own personal experience and what I've heard from other people, but every step of the way of everything I've tried to do, I had people saying, no, Nick, you can't do that. Or when I got into acting, you know, how are you going to act? You're so, you're, you know, you, you've never performed. You're so shy. You don't have natural ability. And people, close people sitting there trying to plead with me, don't do this thing you want to do. And then eventually when I did it and got the results, they're coming back saying, oh, that's so great. You know, like they're wanting to share in, but it's like, there's that part of it as well, where, you know, you can make the decision yourself, but then you've got to be so conscious that I'm also going to have to block out all that noise and, you know, just back myself. Is there, what, what would be your advice for, for that, that, you know, part of the process with it? Yeah. I mean, look, man, that's just fact, you know, people, people are just going to, want to instill their limitations on you because when you try to step into who you are, it's going to be a reflection for them of the things that they're terrified of. And, and that's really hard for people to swallow. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, go look at this as you grow, as you change the people around you, many of them will make notice of it. When you talk about your dreams, you will have people that laugh at you. I'll give you an example. One of my biggest goals with this company is to make $25 million a year. I'm so fucking far away from that. Like it's going to take forever, but I promise you there are not people in my life who don't believe I cannot do it. Oh, you know, that's so much. Nope. Out gone. Sorry. I'm not going to fuck with you because I'm not going to have your limitations get in my way. 
And I think one of the most important things about this is you have to have the willingness to like set the boundary of no complaining. Get that out of here. Don't you bring your negativity into my world? Because the truth is I look at life about, um, I think about like the matrix a lot, right? And I know people in personal development reference it all the time, but the truth about it is it's my favorite movie. It's been my favorite movie since I was a child, since I was like 10 years old. And 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 I remember, I love it, dude. I remember sitting here watching that movie, my mom. So on the very rare occasion that we had money, my mom took us to the dollar theater. So you could go see a movie for a dollar and the matrix had come out and she took me and my two little brothers and we're sitting there and I'm watching this fucking movie. And I distinctly remember being like, that's happening right now. This is real life. Now, is that true? I don't know. How would you know? We're in the matrix. But what I do know is that I, I distinctly remember being like understanding the truth of who Neo was at the very beginning of the film because he's sitting in the office where his boss is threatening to fire him because he's late. And, and I thought to myself, well, that's really stupid. Why would anyone ever fire you because you're late? That doesn't make sense to me, right? Time, this thing. And so I'm deeper into this. And as I've grown, the thing that I've learned is like people want to fire you for your dream because you're out chasing it because you're out building it. They, they don't want to see the truth about their shortcomings. And because when you move into who you are, the people around you are going to be like, you changed. And Jay-Z has my favorite quote, literally my favorite quote of all time. There's people around you saying that you changed. Well, I didn't do all this work to stay the same. Like, I didn't. I don't want to be the same person tomorrow that I am today. I want to move towards these massive dreams, these huge goals, this awesome impact. Like, Think Unbroken's mission is to end generational trauma through education and information in my lifetime so that another kid doesn't have a story like mine. You think I can be around motherfuckers that say that's not possible? Do you know how big that fucking dream is? And you're going to tell me I can't do it? No, you don't get a seat at my table. I promise you, you don't. And look, I don't care if you are my family, if you're my partner, if you're my business associate, you're gone because I'm trying to do something huge. And I need, I don't need cheerleaders, but I also don't need somebody who's trying to bring me down. And so you're going to find that as you grow and as you move into who you are and you build the life that you want to have, those people, I'm, I promise you measure it. You know this is true because you've done this too. I guarantee it. Go look up your friends from 10 years ago on, on fucking Facebook. Just see what they're doing. The people who haven't stepped into their truth because I promise you they're doing the same shit they were doing before. I already did that. I don't want to do it anymore. And so you've got to be willing to, to let go of people. I know it's difficult. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it sucks, man. I'll, I'll create massive context for people right now who go, yeah, it's easier said than done. I did the hardest thing anyone could ever do as a kid, probably in your whole life. When I was 15, I put a restraining order on my mother, my mom, dude, when I was 18, I told her I will never talk to you again. There is a 0% chance I'd be having this conversation with you if I wouldn't have done that. So don't tell me I don't know what hard is because I do. There's nothing more difficult than that. But what are you willing to do to have your life? I knew what would happen if I stayed in contact with her. And when she died, she died alone, legless from drug overdose. 
Well, that is not in alignment with my future. And that's the thing people have to understand. Sometimes it's your mom that's in your way. And that's just truth. Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're going to be lo- loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it. And we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. Man, there's, I mean, there's so many things in here that you're saying that, you know, I think we could talk, uh, yeah, so many amazing things. But, um, yeah, on that note, it's so true. I mean, I've, I haven't had anything near as severe with you, but I know, um, and it's, I'm sure it's relatable for so many people, it's often your parents that, you know, whether it's on a really severe level like what you're talking about or just on a superficial level of, you know, for me it's been, well, being having to reduce the information that I expose to them of what I'm doing because they're going to not understand it, not support it, not believe in you. And that used to really upset and frustrate me and it's still something that can trigger me now where it's like, um, you know, I'm doing this project and I'm so excited about it. I'm not asking for validation or you know, their advice or anything. It's more just like trying to share. And then it's this negative negativity and fear, you know, and it would trigger me because it reminds me of the conditioning that I'm still trying to undo in my own life of you can't do this, you got to do this, you know, this is how you got to live your life. Uh, and, and it goes so against everything that, you know, I stand for. Uh, but you have to be so aware of it and make those hard decisions. And like, again, like you're saying, that's the only thing that I've learned that works for it. It's just thinking, well, I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I've got to get to that point where I don't need validation from anyone. The people that that I'm going to keep in my corner are the ones that believe in me and understand what's going on outside of that. Who gives a shit what other people think? Um, But yeah, I guess touching on that, is there other advice you can give? Because I know, you know, just again, being in my own personal life, that's been something I've struggled with having these goals. And then I'll have friends even that have different values that are now, you know, like sort of doing, you know, careers that, or have, have a philosophy on life that I don't agree with and they don't get, you know, when you don't get the respect from them and you're not you're having that disconnect, it can be, you know, it can just, it's not healthy. Like, would you, would you say that the, like, I think you said it before, but would you say that it's just cutting, being aware of relationships and cutting out, you know, what, what, what's not serving you anymore? Well, yes and no. And, and the yes comes from like, I mean, is this just, unrecoverable like this this relationship is just decimated that's a yes all day you know you had the conversations you sat down you you went and talked about it you you laid out expectations you put in boundaries you talked about what you wanted it's not getting honored you got a dip that's just the truth of it right mm-hmm. i'll give you a great example one of my of the opposite two of my closest friends on planet earth have absolutely zero interest in anything that I do. 
and not in like this, not, not about like building the, the, the impact, but about the company and running business and talking marketing and podcast. They're like, we don't care. We just want to fucking hang out with you and have fun. And I'm like, cool. So we just don't talk about it. They have zero interest in ever talking about business. So we don't. And so that just has helped our relationship so much. Like we talk about music and movies and the pop culture shit we enjoy. And we go on picnics and you know, we do stuff like that. But you yeah. know, I, when I start talking about business, they're like, dude, we don't care. I'm like, good. Thanks for holding the boundary. Right. Cause I could talk about business all day long. That's just my, that's my favorite thing on planet earth. And so, you know, I, I do think it's really interesting when you have to kind of like bucket these people and mm. get really clear about it like what is our relationship what is the status of it how do we interact with each other you know is it bringing me value is it taking away from me because look i'll give you a great example if these two friends of mine were super fucking negative all the time and they just were always complaining and they just blamed the world and they were woe is me they would not be my friends yep and yep. so you just got to get clarity about that, understand about it, and be willing to have the uncomfortable conversation with them, right? Because I, I literally remember I came to them and I was like, I know you guys hate when I talk about business, so um, I'm just going to stop doing it. But I, I need you to never ask me about how business is going. So setting right? boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. And I think yeah. that's just it. You got to set boundaries. And if people don't respect your boundaries, like I hate to say it, but you probably have to take them out of your life. Yep. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah, and and it, it's it's easier said than done. I mean, that's been my hardest thing setting boundaries because I've naturally been a people pleaser, and it sounds you know it sounds simple, but it's it's pretty tough to do. So you got to you know face that fear as well of being able to do that and set them. And yeah, like you said, if people don't respect it, then you know it's not gonna it's not gonna work. Yeah, I mean, it is, what's not hard to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's not difficult in life? It all is, but you have yeah. to you have to make a choice. What do you want? Cause like here, here I'm, I'll, I'll tell you something for real and I, people are going to not love, love what I'm about to say. But if you're not willing to do the thing that you need to do, you don't get to complain. If you're not yeah. willing to show up and execute and follow through on what you know in your heart is true, shut up. Nobody cares. And I'm not trying to be crass about that, but it's your life. I don't live for you. I don't breathe for you. I don't love for you. And so, you know, people will say, yeah, but you make it sound so easy. Fuck no, it ain't easy. None of this shit's easy, man. I, I don't remember a day in my life that's ever been easy, but you have to make hard decisions because without them, you'll never know who you truly are. And, and that's such a great reminder what you're saying there, because I think what we've been conditioned for now is, you know, through social media, through you know, comparison, thinking, I just want this perfect life. I want want to find that thing. And it's, you know, we we forget that it's not meant to be easy. So reminding yourself daily, hey, it's not meant to be easy. And who would want it to be easy anyway? Because if it was easy, then there wouldn't be meaning or purpose. Like if everyone just ha thing was handed to you, would you really actually want it then? Like what's... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
it's got no meaning, you know? So it's like reminding yourself that, but it's hard to do. And it was another question I, I had, you know, with comparison. And even if you are living on your purpose and doing things you want to do, how do you, how do you not get distracted from all of the noise out there and all of the different things and, you know, because it's just never ending. It's like, you know, you want to do a podcast. Okay, great. I'm doing my podcast now. I really want to do it. Oh, but now, you know, why do I keep doing my podcast when there's 2 million out there and, you know, there's people doing better and I'm stuck here and I can't get it to where I want to go. And, you know, that part of it as well is like a really difficult thing to navigate is the, you know, strategies, you know, you have in place for that kind of thing. So one thing came, two things came to mind. One, Bruce Lee has an amazing quote. He said, don't ask for a life that is easy. Ask for the tools to navigate a hard life. Mm -hmm. I messed it up a little bit, but that that's the, the context. And so, you know, you got to be willing to like face reality. Like life's going to be hard. It's hard yeah. for everybody. I got, I got mentors in my life, literally who are billionaires. Their shit's hard too. They got all the money in the world. They have planes, they have jets, they have helicopters, they have giant mansions. Their lives are still hard. That's just how this works. But, it, but the hard differentiates yeah. when you choose it versus you allow it to choose you. Mm -hmm. And, and that really comes down to having massive clarity, but you know, I, I like what you said about the podcasting. Cause I get it, man. I have a top 40 show in the world. We're number eight in a couple of countries, top 40 wow. in America. Like, you know, that came from four years ago. Nobody listening to episode one or two or six or 25 or 75 or 150 or 200. And now we're almost to 300. Right. And so to me, I asked myself, like, like, how bad do you want it, man? Shit. You know, how bad do you want it? Cause like the thing is people get so, I'm going to phrase it like this at the beginning, everybody's motivated and rah, rah. They're like, yes, I'm going to go do this. And then they realize they got to put in the fucking work. And if you do not know why you're willing to put in the work, then you're going to quit. And for me, like I will never quit. I will never quit ever on my dreams. I know exactly what I want. I said to myself this year, I was like, I want the number one mental health podcast in the world. Might take fucking nine years, man. <laughs> I don't know, but I ain't stopping. Right. Yeah. Think, think about this. Like there's a drive in you. You're here. It's a Saturday. Obviously there's a reason. Most people are like, oh man, I'm just, I'll reschedule. It's okay. You know, it's funny, man, when, when people email me and they're like, I'm going to reschedule, I won't do their show. I mean, contextually, right? If you're sick, you got COVID, like fine, whatever. But if you're like, I'm going to go to the beach today, I'm like, well, you don't want it bad enough. And my time is important. It's the only asset that I have that I cannot replace. I will not come on your show because you don't take this seriously. And so in this, I'm like, you know, get massive clarity about what you want and apply, like podcast removed, apply it to anything. What do you want? What do you want? Exactly. Have massive clarity about it. Write it down. Move towards it every day until it comes. Because as long as you don't quit, you'll probably get it. It might take you 17 years, right? But how bad do you want it? You know, one of my one of the things I think about is Sharon Lecter wrote a book called Three Feet from Gold. And it's very simple. I'll, I'll summarize it here for you. The idea is that tomorrow could be the day that you finally get what you wanted. But you quit today. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, when I get very pointed in a direction and I'll, I'll say this too, like, I understand I'm type a, I get that. I get that. I'm like, quote unquote alpha. I get that too. 
but I also know the truth about who I am and I'm fucking stubborn, dude. Like that's, that is my number one character trait. Also my number one character flaw. And so, because I know that and understand about myself, I'm able to look at the world through that. And I say to myself, what do I want? Like, I'll give you great context. I was with, I don't know if you know him or not, Grant Cardone in Miami last weekend, having a VIP party with the guy, taking pictures, smiling, meeting his team, hanging out, you know? And it's like, not that long ago, I couldn't afford $5 for a book. You know what I'm saying? I've invested tremendous amount of money into my personal development. I've worked personally with Tom Bilyeu and Tony Robbins, right? But I couldn't do that 10 years ago. I just stayed focused, man. And I'm thinking about like, how do I work with people even, no disrespect when I say this, people even bigger than them. Yeah. Like, how do, how do I end up getting into a room with a president? How do I become the national spokesperson for abuse in, in America? How do I become the guy that the, the media picks up when they need to talk about it? Right? Like I want to build something massive in my life. And I think part of the problem, Nick, is that people's dreams are just too fucking small. Your dreams are just too simple. They're, they're too easy. And so you're not driven to move towards them. People are like, yeah, well, I just want to write a book. I'm like, why don't you write the best book ever written in the history of the world ever? right? Why don't you push yourself to that? People are like, oh, I want to, I want to do a marathon. I'm like, great. Why don't you do it as hard and as fast as you ever could and break world records? I'm not saying you will. I don't even think that the crossing the finish line is the point of this. It's Mm. the effort. I only look at myself through the lens of the effort that I put into the mission not the goal. Cause every time I've ever crossed a big goal, literally dude. And you hear people say this and I don't think people understand it until it actually happens. So I will say that, but I've every time I've ever hit a monster goal, Grant Cardone, investing in my company, becoming a business partner. You know what I mean? People want Grant Cardone as a fucking business partner. Like everyone, do you know what happened after 30 seconds later? I was like, all right, what's next? You know, and it just like for a moment I sat in it and I was thrilled. And then 30, literally 30 seconds later, I was like, all right, cool. Great. Wasn't actually as huge of a moment as I thought it was going to be. And so the thing is, you, you know, pick this thing, move towards it. But I aligned myself with the mission of getting to that moment. Did I execute? Did I show up? Did I work on Sundays? Did I grind? Did I do what I needed to do? Did I learn? And, and the truth is Nick, most people they have these big lofty dreams. A, they don't want to put in the work and B, they don't understand the truth and the reality that they aren't good enough yet. They aren't good enough yet. And you can be, but you're going to have to put in the work. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to educate. You're going to have to invest in yourself. You're going to have to be in the right rooms and learn from the right people and show up every day. And my goals, man, they're 37 years away. The stuff I want to do is so freaking far away. I'm not even remotely good enough yet. I'm not even the, I haven't even put the shoes on to walk on the fucking track to get there yet. Right. But I know that about myself. So I say, what do I need to do today for tomorrow? Well, I'm going to have to listen to what you just said there myself, probably on repeat every day, because it's like, it's incredibly relevant. It's so good. And everything you're saying there, like when I, I wanted to, you know, get a book publishing deal and do that. And then I remember when I 
got the deal. We launched the book, like what you said, a day after. I'm like, oh, okay, great, you know, big deal. What's next? And then you forget you even did did it and you you sort of, whenever you're in that mindset, you fall into that. So I think it's uh, whenever you, I guess, reminding yourself, what's my actual vision, my mission, my purpose, not having, I think the time frame thing so relevant, what you said as well, being realistic about, hey, this is to get to where I, you know, eventually want to get. It's not going to happen overnight. It might take a long time. I think when we're thinking, no, I'm, you know, I've got to get there quicker, then you you, you go crazy because you, you, you can't sort of pull things off that quick. So it's forget all of that, forget the goals, work out day in, day out, what do I want to, what's my mission, what's my purpose, how am I going to go about it, and just forget everything else. And if you just keep doing that, then you can also be nimble about, well, it might happen in a different way than I imagined, or this might happen, but if you're fixating on just this specific goal, it can, you know, it can really just throw you off track and you, it's not sustainable. Like you're saying, it's, yeah. Yeah. So and, and people fail to understand what they can do over a long period of time. The, yep. the, the, I think one of the biggest lies in the world ever in history, like the big, this is my opinion. The biggest lie ever told to human beings is that patience is a virtue because it's not. Patience is a fucking skill. You got to craft that shit. You yep. got to learn it. You got to hone it. You got to forge it in the bl- the fire and the steam and the smoke. And you got to pound it with the iron and pull it out and reshape it. And do patience is a fucking skill, man. And, and you've got to be massively patient for your dreams. Like, because the, the truth is like, I even think about this, like, just because the context of this conversation, like, do I have a top podcast? Yes, but it ain't number one. It took me four <laughs> years to get where I am. So let's say it takes another six to get to number one. Well, buckle the fuck up. Yeah. Buckle up. Let's go. And so the thing is, you've got to want that so badly that you're willing to move like your life depends on it every single day while simultaneously recognizing it's still going to take you longer than you can ever imagine. And, and I think that's kind of the key to this. People get so caught up in this idea that they're like, man, I need it now. You ain't ready for it now, or you would have it. Something's not, something's not copacetic or you would have it. Something ain't where you need to be in life or it would be right here. And so you've got to be able to leverage that and understand the truth of it. Right. I mean, I think about that in all the things in business and relationships and family and, and everything. It's not just about the goals. It's you probably aren't ready for whatever it is that you want because you haven't put in the work. You haven't done the due diligence to deserve it. Right. And And I know that's a thing people are not going to like to hear. No. And, and I guess it's, um, you know, it, it, you can only, in hindsight, it's like the John Lennon quote, you know, life only makes sense backwards, but it has to mm-hmm. be lived forwards. And like you're saying, you know, you, the thing, when it connects, you'll probably look back and be like, thank fuck that I didn't get success earlier because that would have put me on this other path. And I actually needed these things to fuck up. I needed this to happen. I needed that to happen. And then it's turned, it's all connected to be something bigger than you could have potentially ever even imagined. But well, that I could have never happened if you, yeah, you didn't do it. I love why you, I love that you just said that. I've done hundreds of shows. I never heard anybody say that before. And I want to point out something really important about my own story. At 26, I had everything that I ever wanted and my life was a disaster because I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is crazy. 
Yeah. And that's the truth. Of, I wasn't ready. That's why yeah. my life was a disaster. I hadn't learned the tools. <laughs> I'm literally yeah. going to play out in real time. Haven't learned the tools. Hadn't got the coaching. Hadn't been in the right rooms. Hadn't educated myself. Hadn't healed. Hadn't gone through therapy. Hadn't got certified. Hadn't done all the things. Wasn't ready. Yeah. Wasn't ready. Got everything I wanted. Wasn't ready. Right. And, and real talk, I wasted a lot of money, a lot of energy, a lot of relationships to learn that lesson. And I, I'm really glad it happened. I'm so stoked that I destroyed my life. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's like, you wouldn't be here doing what you're doing now, having this new vision. That's probably, you know, a thousand times bigger than what you had back then. If you didn't have all of that happen, it's sort of, I think a lot of the time it's a natural tendency for, and I, I fall into this, even though I am so aware of it, you know, I'm, I'm like huge picture thinker and I've got crazy goals and I'm, and they're, they're actually all forming and I can see very clearly how it'll happen. But then in the minutiae of it, it's very difficult because I'll get caught up in thinking, oh, well, what the hell, you know, you're looking at other people's lives advancing. Why is mine not? Oh no, that's why, because all of these things happen and I'm on my own path and I needed that to happen. And then when you're clear, you can understand it, but it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day of thinking, ah, but you know, I've just, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I'm like, uh, I'm not on the trajectory, but it has to happen. Like every single thing that happens, like I'm, I'm so great. I would never do it again, but I'm grateful that I crashed a car and almost killed myself and my best friend. I'm so Mm. grateful that nothing, you know, he survived and I survived and, you know, I learned from that and I'd never make that mistake again, but making that mistake, if I didn't make that mistake, I would probably not be on the path I went on. So it's like, it's all this, you know, every part of it connects to the next thing. So we sort of need to, you know, philosophically look at life that way. Yep. (laughs) I guess, yeah. You know, I mean, like that's, I'm laughing because I'm sitting here. I'm just like in my head real time. I'm like, I did that shit, that shit, that shit, that shit, that shit. Like, I'm really glad I did. Uh, You know, I'm really, I'm also really, really glad that I never got arrested um, been in handcuffs many times, but luckily I'd outsmarted the cops. So I think I'm past the statute <laughs> of limitations on most of those things, but we won't talk about them today. And, you know, I, I, I look at those experiences and I'm like, my life is so different, man. My, my nights aren't partying and strip clubs and drugs and, and throwing money and getting in fancy cars and, you know, all these expensive dinners. My, my life is personal development, reading books, digesting information, speaking, having conversations with people, impacting the world, creating massive change, trying to build an empire, taking care of myself, challenging the narrative of who I am, right? That, that that's a completely different world, completely different world. And, and look, again, it's been 11 years, 11 years of this process. And it's just such a reminder that, you know, where you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. But you've got to be willing, you've got to be willing to put in that work and show up every day because if you're not, I'm, I'm, nothing's going to be different. And cha- my therapist told me the most important thing that anyone has ever told me. He goes, change happens when you become who you are. And so until you get to that place in your life where you're living life on your terms, nothing is different. Nothing is different. Mm. And so you've just got to keep pushing into that every single day. And, you know, all these years later, all this time later, I look at my life and I'm like, I feel really good about who I am. I love my life. I can go look in that mirror and be happy. But the truth is, I'm not even remotely close to who I want to be. And and that's not this thing about not having self-worth. It's about I know what I can do. 
I know what I'm capable of doing. And that's the thing that, you know, when you come from a traumatic background that's taken from you, that's the thing that I hope we give back to people is recognizing like, I'm not special. You know, people all the time will be like, oh, but you are special. No, I'm not. I don't know shit about nothing except that I don't know what I don't know. And so because of that, I'm willing to go and learn it. I'm willing to figure out, I'm willing to raise my hand and, and go and seek help and guidance. And I invest in myself, in my community. Dude, I, I do charitable work. I'm on boards. I, I volunteer all the time. I show up you know, for other people. I got the podcast and the books. And, and this isn't like me flexing. I want to be clear. It's just laying out the differentiation between my life is only about me and then my life is about service. Yeah. And that's the difference, man. You know, so many of y'all are fucking selfish, man. You're chilling. You're talking about I'm depressed playing video games all night. You're only thinking about yourself. You ain't thinking about nobody else. You're not going to be of service to your community. You're like, man, I have so much anxiety about the world. Well, what are you doing to go and make the world a better place? Y'all talking about I'm, I'm a fucking warrior for change. Bitch, you ain't done nothing but post on Facebook. What are you doing? Right. And and like, that's the truth about this. You want to change the world, go change the fucking world, but you have to change you first by recognizing that every single day that you're putting yourself down, you're living into those limiting beliefs. You're letting other people dictate what you're capable of. It's going to be the same in 10 years. That to me is devastating. And, And that's my hope is that these kind of conversations will change that narrative for people and just let them think about the truth for a minute. You're in the fucking matrix. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, mate. And on the Matrix, yeah, it's like I've seen that film. I think the first one I've seen about over a hundred times. Um, I'm right there obsessed. with you, no joke. <laughs> obsessed. Oh, what, what did you think of the new one? I'm just curious. Like the did you the uh, don't yeah. put me on the, don't put me on the spot like that, man. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll we'll do a private Matrix chat. Yeah, um, please. <laughs> but no, so obsessed. I just love that you're obsessed with it. Um, but no, it's like yeah, it, it is. It's and and I think. With anxiety, the the thing that can often be in the way is that, you know, we're, we're telling it, we're sitting there thinking, 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 but you just go and do something, do anything, do something small. It instantly gives you that power back. And I love what you were saying before about being of service because the, the way I think about that is um, think about trying to help people in a selfish way in the sense that, you know, if I, if I relate to, you know, public speaking when I'm going out and speaking at an organisation or whatever it is, I'll feel amazing after doing it myself. Like that's what I'm getting. So, you know, you're, you're doing something that is giving someone else something, but you're also getting something massive out of yourself. I've never, out of any of these kind of things, nothing's ever made me feel better than, you know, whether it's a podcast interview, the book, you know, and he, the public speaking and hearing people, even if it's one person that actually got something life-changing or a small change even out of it. And you should just try and then think, okay, that makes me feel good. I'm going to look at it selfishly that I want to do more of that because I want to feel good and that byproduct will help more people. And you know, that builds and it's really powerful. Yeah. And look, man, I love that you said that because I believe in the same thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing that you're boosting your ego by going and being a good person. For sure. And I think anybody... Yeah, man. And look, and people who are like Mother Teresa was a saint, I bet she had more self-esteem than anybody you ever met in your life, dude. You know, yeah. Mother Teresa was flying around on fucking private jets, speaking the king's <laughs> presidents, eating at the finest restaurants in the world. Like, don't tell me that person didn't have like she was selfless. No, she wasn't. She was putting herself first by doing the thing that filled her cup. Don't ever we're, forget that. We're all human. You know, we've got these innate desires, innate things that, 
yeah, we're, exactly. No one, no one is sort of the idealism that you know it's painted out to be. But we can try and be the best version of ourselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and look, I'll tell you the truth. I think the only way you can be the best version of yourself is by going and being of service because you'll find out that who you are isn't yet good enough. And on a long enough timeline, you will be able to help people in ways that you cannot help them today. Yeah, absolutely. So what what do you say to someone that is lacking purpose, is you know feeling stuck and just doesn't even know, you know, not only doesn't know where to begin, just doesn't even know what they care about. Doesn't, you know, isn't able to access that. What's the, what's the first step they can take? Turn off your fucking TV. Like for real, I'm not being crass for real. Get off of social media, put your phone, go for a walk, dude. I dare you go for a walk without your phone. I dare you. I dare you go exist in the world. Go sit on your bed for half an hour in silence. And watch what you discover about yourself. You ain't going to like it. You're not going to like it. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to like it. Because you've been hiding from it. This is the same shit as like when you try to go to bed at night and you can't sleep. And you're like, I wish my brain would turn off. Your brain won't turn off because you're lying to yourself every time. And it's like, yo, motherfucker, pay attention. You Mm -hmm. You want the first step? Be honest with your fucking self about your shit. Be honest about how you're not showing up in your life, how you're not taking care of your relationship, how you're bullshitting at work, how, how your only connection with human beings is going and drinking and watching the game, how all the time you lie to people, how you don't do the thing that you said you're going to do. And then you blame the world for it. Go get for real with yourself for a minute. Look, I'm gonna tell you right now. I know people are like, that guy's an asshole. And because I'm telling you the truth, my job is not to be your friend. I am your coach. I'm not here mm-hmm. to coddle you. I'm here to help you win a fucking championship. And the only way you're going to do that is you're going to have to show up for yourself day in and day out. You're going to have to put in the work. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to reconcile the truth about who you are. And it ain't as good as you think. I promise. And yeah. I believe that for me too. In this moment, you know, one of my favorite things, Nick, man, when I get on a, a coaching call with my coach and he's like, have you thought about this, about who you are? And I'm like, Oh, that hurt, but I needed it. Thank you. It makes me a better yeah. person. And I'm willing yeah. to sit in that, in that moment and be like, God damn, he was fucking right. Fuck. I'm not good enough yet. Good. Now I have a direction to move. You got to be unabashedly and nakedly honest with yourself all the time all the time. Cause look, you can lie to the world. You can lie to your husband or your wife. You can lie to your coworkers. You can't lie to that mirror. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, what's the first step? Shut the fuck up and listen. So powerful. And, and, and so much harder to do in this day and age than ever with all the noise we have out there. So it's, it is it. people just take that plunge and look and looking at reframing how we see fear, look at fear as something that, is a positive thing to confront, you know, fears, some fears, our vehicle to get to that next step. And, and, you know, I think failure, like reframing failure, failure, like I try and think I want to fail at things like, come on, let's try and fail as many times as possible because then you are going to face the fears and do it. And, and failure is not failure. It's learning. You know, you learn so much more from failure than um, just getting your way all the time. So I think if people can reframe all of those things and just live by that daily, things change so quickly. Yeah. And I'll add to that, right? I think people also more importantly needs to understand that nobody gives a shit about you. 
They don't, they don't care. You're so caught up about what other people think. They ain't thinking about you. They're not Nick. Were you thinking about me before this show two weeks ago before you messaged me? No, never. I never crossed your mind. Was I, was I thinking about all the people who have interacted with in my life? Nope. Not until they crossed my path. Mm -hmm. Strangers on the street looking at me. I'm like, I don't know. Good luck. What are your opinion of me have to do with anything? You got to be willing to let go of this idea that people are judging you. And you hear this all the time. I'm not telling you shit. People ain't told you before. We're telling you this shit because it's right. That's true. Yeah. No one cares. You know, it's like, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because we all think in our own head that, you know, everyone's going to be hanging off every little thing we do. And we're trying to, you know, what if this, what if that, or worried about being judged and how on earth, you know, you, you do, even if you make the biggest fool of yourself possible, people aren't going to sit there and think about that all, all day, every day. They're going to probably, if they witness it, react to it in that moment and then go on to their own, you know, thousand problems that they're not dealing with. And we just don't have the bandwidth to, to sit there and worry about other people like that. <laughs> yeah. And think about this too, man. Like even on social, yo, I get canceled all the time on social. Like for real, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> I've got hundreds of messages. I'm like, I'm not stopping because you don't like me. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. And and like, look, that's the thing. And that's not me being a, a, a crass person. That's not me being hubris or egotistical. It's like, man, everybody's got an opinion about something these days. Your opinion means nothing to me. And Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean I don't love you or cherish you or value you. If you're in my circle and you tell me some shit I need to hear, I'm all for it. If I don't know you from Adam, I got nothing for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so true. So true. You just got to cure out your own life and, you know, not, not be caught up in, in that, you know, but be able to have an open discussion, but not need to, you know, have it have everyone, you know, validate your own opinion because it's just not possible. And it's yeah. like, and the second you, you stop caring, I, I promise you, the second you stop caring about what people think about you, you'll walk through that door. Yeah. And, and changing, you know, not thinking that there's some magical solution. Like even if you do achieve all these things that you're, you know, the life you're wanting to do, it's not about what the achievement is or, you know, what it's like what you were saying, you know, you've got the, you know, billionaires or these different people that they've got, they're still going to have daily problems because, you know, I've got a mentor in Australia and the thing he said to me is worth, you know, three, $400 million. And, um, it already stuck in my head because he told me, I was telling him how, you know, get anxiety and you're wanting to do all these different things and it never stops. And even when I get there, what's next, blah, blah, blah. And he said when he was, you know, 19 and had no money, he didn't feel any different to what he feels Right now, when he's in his late 60s, you know, he's got all this money, he's doing all this amazing philanthropy work, he literally doesn't feel any better. And the, all he learned was, okay, I'm ne- my mind's never going to change. That's how I'm wired. So I'm going to keep being ambitious and keep living by that. But whenever I get caught up in, you know, thinking that there's going to be that next magical thing, I've got to remind myself, no, this won't go away, this feeling, but it's not true. I'm just going to enjoy the process and just keep going back to that. Um, and I, you know, really it's pretty profound when you hear it from these people that are in these positions and it's it sort of just what more reminders do we need to get? It's, you know, just living life right now. If we can't enjoy it right now, then, you know, you're never going to enjoy it. Yeah. hundred percent. So we've got, um, five, five, uh, you know, closing questions we end with. These can be, don't have to be long answers, whatever comes to mind. Um, and, and before that, uh, for our listeners, I'll put this in all the show notes when we, put the episode out there, but, um, where, 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 where can we send them to learn more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, man, I'm everywhere on social at Michael unbroken. Um, 
but I will tell you everything I teach is for free. Literally everything is for free on my podcast. If you go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com or just search Think Unbroken. Great. Awesome. And again, you know, for anyone listening, we'll have all the links in the in the show notes. Uh, so the, these final questions. Um, the first one, um, I mean, you talked a lot about your childhood. So one of but the first question we have here is, you know, what what's your um, best memory from your childhood? Might be a hard one from, you know, what you, you told you us. Know, about. It, it is hard, man. I actually talked to my therapist about this one time. I was like, dude, I don't have any good memories from childhood. Everything always felt like it was flooded with pain. Um, and, and he goes, dude, that's the truth for some people. And yeah. I thought about that. You know, he actually asked me that question one time years and years ago. And I sat and I thought about it for a very, very, very long time. And it was like, you know what it was? It was on Saturdays, even in the chaos of everything, every Saturday, my mom would put on Michael Jackson thriller and we would listen to the whole record start to finish. And for 45 minutes, there was peace in our house. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think currently is the biggest burden on mental health in society? The fact that people act like their past doesn't impact their present. Yeah. We live in a look, yeah. childhood trauma is the biggest elephant in the room in a mental health care. Nobody's yeah. talking about it, dude. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. I wrote this first book, understanding and overcoming childhood trauma. Like you see the title, I'm pulling this up only to show the wording. Do you think mm -hmm. people want to read this on the fucking train? You know what I mean? No, they don't. And so, you know, I've sold thousands and th thousands and thousands and thousands of copies of that book. Nobody sends me pictures of it. Nobody mm. reviews it. You never see anybody talk. Why? Mm. Why? Mm. Because it's the most shame filled fucking thing that we are not responsible for on planet earth. Yeah. No, well, I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's like what I'm trying to do with move your mind, my organization as well. It's like, how do we do more? preventative you know action how do we create change that conversation how do we make it acceptable for men to you know show vulnerability to do what we're doing here being open sharing stories like why the hell are we not doing it it's the most important thing we can do why do we feel ashamed about it we're human you know and yeah, it's like it's, it's crazy and, it, and it's so simple to fix but it's so highly complicated because of the layers and layers and layers and layers of things to undo so yeah well we, anyway. we start to fix it right here man absolutely we just you know can't have enough of these conversations. Um, what, 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 what's your personal definition of happiness? Living life on my terms and going and looking in that mirror and being on, okay with the reflection on the other side. Great answer. Uh, so we've got two more here. What, what are you uh, most afraid of in life? Regret. Simple. Number one thing that terrifies me is I'm going to be on my deathbed and be like, I didn't go all the way. It's the only thing that terrifies me. Yeah. I want it all, man. I want it all. I want love and relationship and happiness and fulfillment and community and a giant company and impact. I want to be a New York Times bestselling author, have a helicopter, own land, give back, build a fucking school. Like I want to do everything, dude. I want to foster kids. I want to have a smoking hot, amazing relationship. Like I want it fucking all, dude. All of it. Period. Great. And, and why can't you? Exactly. Why not? Um, 
I love that. I love that. And and it's so true. That's and and you know, you you people that get uh interviewed on their deathbed, that's the one thing they say, you know, what what's the what what would have you changed? It's regret. It's like I wish I just tried this or why was I so worried about that or why did I you know, we that's all you're gonna care about. It doesn't matter if you even get it or not. It's just at least if you know a hundred percent in your heart that you've the things you really care about that you've given everything, every ounce of, you know, energy you can put into it, then what more can we do? Then we can be, you know, at peace. But if you if you know there's something missing there, then then, you know, you're not gonna you're gonna have regret. Yep, hundred percent. So final one, uh, what are you most proud of? I mean, honestly, dude, just being who I am, deciding who I am and being that person. Yeah. It's not the accomplishments. It's not the accolades. It's not the money. Ain't the clothes. I mean, shit, I wear the same clothes every day, you know? Um, it's none of that. It's just me being happy with who I am. I'm good. You strip all this away from me. I'm still good. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly. it. That's, that's the that's game. Really yeah. Remove everything else and you still, and you still can do, you know, the things you, you, it's not reliant on permission from anyone. It's like, I'm doing it regardless. Take everything away. I'll still do it. You know, it's like yeah. such a great answer. So yeah, well, Michael, thank you so much. I mean, I could talk to you for hours about this. Maybe we'll have to do another podcast episode for just sure. on the matrix. Um, <laughs> fun, <actually. laughs> It would be fun. I'd love to do that. I want to make like a side podcast just on the matrix and get, you know, different <laughs> people on there and that kind of thing. But yeah, thank you again for coming on. I know how busy you are and like, it's been incredible. I've like learned so much myself from this. I know our listeners will, you know, love what you're talking about. So we really appreciate you offering your time and coming and doing this. And it's been so great having this time to get to know you. So really, again, appreciate it. Yeah, man, my pleasure. And I, I got massive gratitude for you because you giving me this platform and opportunity makes you a part of my mission and that makes you a part of the brotherhood. And I, I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks to Michael Anthony for joining me today for Move Your Mind. And just another reminder that the Move Your Mind book is now available globally. All of the links are at nickbrax.com slash book. And the Move Your Mind community is now live. All of the links are at moveyourmind.me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.